Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Character Arc Podcast, where we watch a movie, we give a brief, brief synopsis of that movie, then we go into a general discussion, we talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, and then move on to some things we might change about the movie if we were the ones making the film. Uh, this week's going to be a little special. It'll be our last episode of the year, uh, but this time we're going to talk about The Rise of Skywalker. Is it The Rise of the Skywalker, or is it Rise of Skywalker? I think Who it's... cares? <laughs> <laughs> instinct feeling the force brought us together we're not alone good people will fight if we lead them people keep telling me they know me no one does Uh, we're going to play a little loose here. We're going to talk about Skywalker, but we're also going to talk about the trilogy as a whole and probably the conversation. We're going to let it go wherever it wants to go let it in regard to Star Wars because this is a momentous moment. This is the final chapter in the original core Star Wars franchise, according to Disney. I'm Richard Bertelson. And I'm Ted Hong. So... I guess we'll start with synopsis. Um, Skywalker has arisen. <laughs> is that your synopsis? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, no, I have another one, but because <laughs> it's also not true. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> A young Jedi must come to terms with their family history and confront the face of the dark side, Emperor Palpatine, and take down a gigantic intergalactic. Empire with small forces. Sound familiar? Because that's Return of the Jedi, motherfucker. <laughs> My synopsis is a small group of rebels will kill anyone, destroy anything, sacrifice anyone to get what they want. Including multiple of their friends. <laughs> Pretty callously on that head. Yeah. <laughs> with lightning. So, Ted. Yeah. Did you like this movie? I Normally, when we walk out of the theater after watching movies, we try to not say anything about the movie, so we keep it, we bury it in until we uh, maybe write some notes and then get ready to record. But shortly after watching this, uh, no, I had to say it was a... I'm not... Well, first, I want to say I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I like Star Wars. But man, this was hot garbage. Yeah, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I've loved Star Wars my whole life. I like, I enjoy watching every movie. I'm going to put a little caveat to that. Um, there is no movie that I saw in the theater that I didn't enjoy. I've read many of the books. I've read some of the comics. I played many of the games. Star Wars is something I love very much. The caveat I was going to add, I enjoyed every Star Wars movie I've seen at least the first time, including like the side ones, even though I, I don't personally love Rogue One or Solo. Oh, right. They're okay, but 
we're not really talking about the side ones. They're okay in that they take place in this universe, though they're they're kind of weaker in my opinion. Um, I did not enjoy this movie. I actively did not enjoy watching this movie. It was badly constructed. It's a mishmash of nonsense. Does not feel like it follows either of the two movies that came before it. And it is badly plotted. It is somewhat poorly written. Yeah. <laughs> it was reminiscent of, as we kind of uh, figure this out, it was like of the prequels in terms of dialogue. The dialogue gets closer to the prequels than what we've seen in the last two movies because yeah. one of the cool things about the new the sequel trilogy, whether you love the movies or don't, is that they are... They are made with the hand. They are they are written and directed, regardless if you like what happens in them, they're written and directed by people who know how to write screenplays and direct movies. This is the first time that the, the dialogue started to feel like George Lucas's little... He sat on his shoulder and was like, <laughs> you, sh- you should write this line. No, 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 that, that's not a good one. No, I, I agree, yeah. Definitely convoluted, uh, very uninspired and mind-numbing because there were a couple parts where I just wanted the movie to finish. Um, Me too. There, I get the impression it's kind of like because Abrams got a hold of this, uh, the third installment, and it was like, I didn't like anything in the second one. So like a kid who's like, I, I didn't like this, so I'm going to change it to the way I liked it. Oh, but it's it's a mess, so I'm just going to let it burn. Which I'll tell you why that's super shitty, because I think The Last Jedi would be a better movie if it didn't have to be a sequel to The Force Awakens. If it didn't have to live in Abrams' world where it's just the Empire and the Rebels again. If if Abrams didn't do that and Ryan Johnson were allowed to actually tell the story he wanted, which he did to controversially so. Right. But he still had to they still had to be rebels. There still had to be an empire. I know it's called the First Order, but it's the fucking Empire. Um he had to still go off of the he still had to make a sequel to something that was derivative and unoriginal right and he had to make it original and he did not johnson even though he tried to do something new he did not push aside anything that abrams did he stuck to it and maneuvered himself out of it in a way that made sense for the characters and made sense for the plot and abrams doesn't abrams doesn't outright counter anything in like a he does he i mean he tries to, okay, he at least puts some effort into trying to make it make sense, but it still just feels like it's so blatantly obvious what he's doing, which is, I want to tell this story, and I don't care what led up to here, I'm just going to tell it anyway. Which, do you want to touch on Abrams? Dudes? Yeah, what he's, like, okay, so the helmet thing. It's like, there were things that he, he had done specifically, uh, such as uh, making Ray a nobody. Mm-hmm. right but then let's go ahead and retcon that your parents were trying to be nobodies right <laughs> they're really saying. palpatines that's what right? i'm saying like he tried to fit it in he tried to be like oh well you know maybe he wouldn't have known or whatever but it's like no but you're still you're still retconning you're it. still retconning and then i destroyed my helmet no 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 i'm going to recreate my kylo ren's helmet i'm going to recreate the helmet and only wear it half the time in this movie right he remade it Almost only to counter what happened in The Last Jedi because yeah. it doesn't serve any purpose because he takes it off he, and then yeah. never puts it back on again. If he kept it on the entire time as if he's trying to be like, you know, he's donning on this identity that he has created and wishes to continue that, but he doesn't. So why why recreate the goddamn helmet? 
I'm going to take this moment since we're on this to talk to my fellow Star Wars fans out there, <laughs> particularly if you didn't like The Last Jedi, or if you did like The Last Jedi, then I'm here to help you spread the good word, which is that I understand, like, the reason why stuff like that happens in The Last Jedi, where he tells, where, where Kylo Ren tells Rey, you're nobody, it doesn't matter, or where he offers her the a third option, not become a Sith, or him turn light, but they create something new, or symbolically why he lifts, why his helmet is smashed, why he smashes his own helmet, is because Abrams literally, everyone has this criticism, whether you like The Last Jedi or not. But this happens with movies. When movie sequels come out, this happens and it annoys the shit out of me, which is people shit on one of them, and then when the sequel comes out, they shit on that one, but then they pretend like they love the first one. But when Force Awakens came out, everyone bitched about how it was just a retread of A New Hope. So then... Johnson actually says, well, that was a mistake. We need to do new things. We can't just keep repeating it over and over and over again because, because this is what happens. We get Rise of the Skywalker eventually. It's just... <laughs> you have to... You have, after nine movies, or in nine movies, you have to spread out and examine new facets of the universe. If you like Star Wars because you want it to just recycle over and over again then just keep watching the first three fucking movies. Yeah. Because I love the universe, and I want to see us do new and interesting things in that universe. I don't want to keep watching the same trilogy over again. And even George Lucas, for as much as we can shit on the prequel trilogies, rightfully so, they're very badly written. <laughs> but he knew that you couldn't just tell the same fucking story again. And that's why he doesn't like this. I mean, he he's diplomatic about it for the most part. But it's well known that he doesn't like the sequel trilogy. Right. And he has said specifically because it's just the same thing again. It is. He knew you couldn't just have another rebel story. So he showed you the story of a toppling of a government from the other side. I think that this trilogy could have been the building of something new. As opposed to the toppling of government from the outside or from the inside. He could. Have, this is the difficulty of forging a new way forward. Like literally creating the new Republic. See, or literally creating the new Jedi Order. And... <clears throat> It doesn't do in the trilogy never tries to do that except for Johnson tees up the ball to do that. And then Abrams just like, no, I'm just going to make Return of the Jedi again. Right. I want to touch upon that, too, because with the naming of the this most recent trilogy. So The Force Awakens kind of gives this idea that something new is going to happen. Right. Which they do kind of touch upon with new characters. And then with the second installment, uh, The Last Jedi shows I mean, like any sort of story arc, you know, uh, this is like the darkest moment. So that's the last of this to ever be. The oldest dead. Right. And then this third one could have been something different. But no, somehow we're retreading where we had already gone, which is now Rise of Skywalker. That's not, it, it's, it was like what, what Johnson was doing in, for his tra trajectory, I, I would totally be on board. Uh, the only thing I didn't like was the casino scene, which I've already talked about with you, but we'll talk about it again. Um... And part of why I do kind of, I will let it slide now is something that uh, Richard had brought to my attention um, a little bit more. Um, something that you see with the ramifications of war. And whereas in this one, I found that even though they, this is like the last battle and everything, there's really no strategy or even like this layering of tactics, right? They're all just going, okay, we'll do A, B, and C. And then that's about it. it. Sure, there's a detour, but even then that detour was very simple. It literally kind of just feels like they are just randomly throwing themselves at yeah at, at the 
the last order right clever abrams <laughs> and the whole <laughs> I the get whole it. hunting for the the wayfinder they said there were three i, I rolled my eyes when i was like there are two conveniently okay okay so okay when i saw that scene my understanding was they already had one and then there were two still in existence oh that's so, how i took a bit yeah. okay no, no no that makes sense because there were only two in the movie before we move on too much though because we we were kind of touching on it um I just want to say this, which is even The Force Awakens, which is a retread, I want to differentiate. We're not just complaining about the trajectory of the story. That's what I want to say. We're not just complaining about the trajectory of the story. Also, even if you take Abrams and The Force Awakens, it's a better made film than this one is. Rise of Skywalker is not only a bad direction for the franchise, it's also a poorly written movie. It is a poorly plotted movie. It... It tries to cram so much into it that nothing feels natural or organic. Most of the plot points are very rushed. Most of them happen by coincidence or are unexplained. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's easy to follow what's happening. I'm not saying it's confusing. I'm just saying that there's no time to care about anything that's going on in the developments. And nobody really does much because I feel like getting kind of what you were just getting ready to talk about, finding that fucking Sith pyramid map thing yeah every every step of the way it's kind of a fucking accident like they just they land on that planet because they knew that that's where luke had tracked or whatever and then they find they kind of find the ship by accident they find the underground they find the dagger by accident you know and then we throw the stupid fucking thing in where c-3po can read the language of the sith but he can't translate it which doesn't make any sense from any perspective to stop a droid from even translating Sith text. Anyway, but also that whole plot point is fucking useless because all it does is takes us to a different planet just so it can be translated there. So that whole planet could be yeah, you, we didn't need you don't need it. it. Yeah, Nothing important it. happens there. C-3PO could have just fucking translated it. We could have moved on and then you'd have had one less thing except for, oh yeah, it throws in a love interest for Poe that for we po? know nothing about, don't mm-hmm. care about the relationship because... We don't see them do anything. We don't know anything about their history. She's new to this franchise. Nothing happens in that interaction. And, okay, so on that whole planet, was it Kimiji? Something like that. I wanna, yeah. Uh, I uh, just so you guys know, we <laughs> we did watch the movie. I, tr- I struggle with some of the side characters' names and the planet names, not because I didn't see the movie, but because the movie was so, un- it all seemed so unimportant while watching it that I didn't give a shit to remember because I don't even think they really said her name, which I had to look up, which is Zori Bliss. They said it at least once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that entire part where they're on that planet, really, there was no point, especially for Poe, because the idea was like, oh, I want to go to, we should go to this planet because they can decipher the droid, decipher the text through the droid, since the droid has some sort of block. What was the point of us uncovering this his background where he was a spice runner? Nothing. There was nothing else to it. Has also, nothing to do with anything. There's also anything. no suggestion in any of the other two movies that he ever had like this sordid past, which also is fine because it doesn't matter. Yeah. He's, I mean, we could like that. That's fine. He could have this sort of yeah. past, but it adds from nothing. the last installment, we are getting to the point where he is learning to lead. Right. Right. And then we're going back to this, which has nothing to do with anything. If you want to, if you want to throw some of this character development in there, um, Abrams, you could have done it in your first movie where we barely see Poe at all. So, you know, right. you could have done it there. Instead, in the last installment, one of the three main characters 
you're adding an irrelevant bit of backstory. And it's supposed to be a joke. Oh, you were a spice runner? Runner of spice? Let's talk about the jokes. Because um, they're None of awful. them are funny. None of them were funny. And they're, mostly is, cheese, they're mostly cheesy one-liners that every member of the cast gives. Here's, here's something that really just... Ugh, that really chaps my ass, I guess. Is... <laughs> <laughs> really tickles your wookie <laughs> really tickles my wookie really i think this is a good example of when it's done right it's fine but when it's done poorly it's awful so in the force awakens they do this this high energy bit where the people are always talking over each other mm-hmm. and that's fine but in this one where when they're on the chase and they're like oh they can fly oh they can fly Ugh. they can fly yes okay yes Ugh. we got it uh, why why not, repeat it i mean the, the, it seems like the the writer and the director all thinks that it's going to be so funny because they're all just you know but just it's, repeating it's lines it's and not. then another example is oh those are bones bones aren't good bones remind me of but it's just like what okay yeah we got just it stop beating the joke to death thank like, you it's just, just like say it once yeah like I, yeah by them all repeating one of the jokey one-liners does not make it more funny. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it makes it less funny, And actually. it killed me. I was just like, ah, oh, come on. Speaking I mean, of beating a joke to death, fucking C-3PO. In order oh, to recover yeah. it, they have to wipe his memory. And then every scene after that, until his mo- memory is recovered, he which is not until his... it goes to the end of the thing, he says something weird about, oh, this is the first time I've done this. Yeah. And it's like... He it wasn't funny to begin with. He's such a non-character. Right. <laughs> I mean, no offense, but like, and I'm not saying because he's a, they could have used him more, but they didn't really. So for him to be used as the butt of a joke doesn't really land. There's no, there's no weight behind him because he has, what, what crucial part has he taken? What, hold on. I'm at a loss for words right now by how upset I am. <laughs> <laughs> What crucial action has he taken that has really helped in, along the stories? I mean, in this case, they kind of forced it because he could translate the thing. Yeah, okay. But then but they obscured it. But yeah, no, but previous, other than that. Um, previously, what has he done? Especially in this trilogy, nothing really. Um, in the original trilogy, his actual purpose as a translator did actually function Serve, yes. at times. Mm-hmm. Him being a protocol droid actually did help. <laughs> in, uh, what is it? Return of the Return Jedi. Of Jedi yeah. Yes, I do remember that. Okay. Anything else? No. 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 <laughs> no, not so much. I mean, so, he's comic relief. He's 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 comic relief. He's yes, not but... as cringy and racist Jar Jar Binks for the. Oh, my God. <clears throat> um, <laughs> and so for him to, to be repeating these little jokes, and so these little easy jokes are supposed to keep kids entertained. But I don't know if you remember, there was a kid in front of us who turned around several times to look at us while we were watching the movie, <laughs> probably because of how bored he was from watching this movie. Probably. Yeah. I don't know who this style of humor was for, because it's not even like... It's Michael Bay. It's almost he's, like they were copying... It's almost like someone didn't understand what... Because C-3PO is a little funny in the original trilogy because he's a fish out of water. He's this really official um, diplomatic type droid who then gets thrown into this adventure. And so you kind of laugh at kind of how everyone is hectic and he just is along because the plot, he got stuck in a bad place with R2-D2 essentially. Mm -hmm. 
there's no reason for them to bring him on any of these adventures in the new trilogy, which is why they don't in the last two, really. Uh, (laughs) Except uh, Abrams had a hard-on, I think, for connecting his, what I'm sure he considers his trilogy. To the previous? To the original trilogy. And I think he really wanted C-3PO to do this, to have some big moment, because he's the only character that's in all nine movies. Um him in R2-D2? R2-D2 is in all nine. Yeah. I'm trying to think if he's not in one of the new ones, but he's in all three of the new he's ones. He's in all three. Um, in the first one, he was... Barely. He's barely. turned off for most of it, right? Yeah. Which I remember... We, we kind of wa- rewatched the, the the trilogy, this recent trilogy, and it's just funny to note that R2-D2, who was such a prominent figure during the original war, was just kind of like over in the corner with some old pipes <laughs> with, with a, a tarp on him. He, like he, his pee powered down one day and someone just threw a blanket on him and everyone just went about their business. Right. <laughs> it's like not even in like some secure location because he's got like a wealth of information that he could use. And it's just Speaking on his of, drives. Um, this reminded me of that because I remember when we watched uh, The Force Awakens again, I said, why did they sideline R2-D2 just to make an exact copy of an R2-D2, which is BB-8? And, and that reminds me of why did there need to be another fucking little droid that woke up in this movie? Oh my in god, I said the exact Rise same of Skywalker. thing. They had a stupid whatever is don't care what his name is, don't ever want to think about him ever again. Dio. Dio. <laughs> I mean, he gives the one of the only times I laughed. Well, let's be clear. I laughed at this movie a lot, but in times when it didn't want me to because yeah. it was ridiculous yeah. and corny yeah. and over the top and stupid. Uh, <laughs> but one of the only times the movie wanted me to laugh and I did laugh is when Ray tries to touch him, and he goes, uh, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That was good. <laughs> but, other, but, but other than that, did we need another little fucking droid sidekick? We did not. We have... We have our cuppeth overfloweth <laughs> with fucking little creatures. Because already, I don't know, was... Do you remember BB-8 really doing anything in this? No. No. It gets a tree knocked on him. Yep. Um, Poe bitches at Finn... Oh, bitches at Ray for dropping the tree on him. Uh-huh. He doesn't really achieve anything, no. Uh, he, he knocks he, on the canister when they're being chased, okay. and it blows up in the face of one of the flying stormtroopers, mm-hmm. but that's it. Okay, so uh, this kind of brings he's, me... He's Poe's, you know, astromech droid. He yeah. flies the yeah, X-Wing yeah. for him. And that's fine. If they had... I mean, he also powers up Dio, but the same but, thing... But is that a good thing? Yeah. <laughs> the same thing could have, be, could have been achieved in a different way. So this brings me to another point where this this movie has so many characters, mm-hmm. and for what purpose? Like it gets you, you. This really shines when they're all in a meeting and one person says one line, and that's all. But the 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 whole dialogue is achieved. Mm-hmm. So it's just making okay. You get a line. You get a line. You get a line. Uh, sorry, not you this time, but you can get a line. And then everyone just advances the dialogue from there. But I don't care about any of these characters because I don't know anything about them. Exactly. And for some reason, Abrams needed to add a whole bunch more. And here's the thing. He didn't get rid of any of the Johnson's characters, but he sidelined them for characters who could fill the same exact role. Right. And he tries to give characters... Like, here's the problem. We have three new characters, three new leading characters for this trilogy, I mean. Um, well, more than that, if you include Kylo Ren and, and Hux, Huxtable, it's <laughs> General Hux. <laughs> um, and so, but The Force Awakened never, it, it, 
it does fine with Ray, and it does okay with Finn as far as getting us to know them. And then it does almost nothing with Poe. Poe is barely in that first movie. Mm-hmm. And then the second movie changed gears a little bit. I will. I will. I, I don't know if this is a complaint people have. It moves slower than some of some other Star Wars. Although, if you go back to the original trilogy, the, the original trilogy is paced very methodically. Mm-hmm. And I think The Last Jedi slows down compared to Abrams. And it doesn't give us back-back story, but it does what Empire Strikes Back does. Empire Strikes Back doesn't, with Han Solo, doesn't just go, oh, you used to do this? <laughs> no, we go on an adventure where... He's just, being hunted, and he has this debt, and it, the whole Cloud City and Lando Calrissian thing. We meet characters that are important to Han Solo's history, and therefore we learn about him that way. The events are very pertinent to the character. And Last Jedi does that with Poe. We don't learn a bunch about Poe's past, but Poe is the center of a storyline that draws out what's important to him, what his weaknesses are, and where he needs to grow. This movie just moves rapid fire through a plot that seems like it belongs in its own trilogy, which there, it is such a, it is, it's such a compounded plot with so many points it needs to hit that we never spend any time with anyone. Nope. And so all they can do is say, all we can do is get a little this stupid comment about what Poe used to do, and also Finn constantly saying, I need to talk to you, Ray, even though he never fucking talks to her, ever. That's one of my points. God don't say Why in a bring movie. Bring it up. Yeah. Don't say in a movie a minimum of twice, possibly three times. I need to say something. I need to say something. I need to say something. Unless you're going to say something, that is someone who was writing something and didn't know how they were going to finish it, and so they forgot. A, they either they forgot or dropped a plot thread. Or if he thinks it's cool and mysterious, he's wrong. Because <laughs> it's such a waste of time and attention. Um, so you know what this movie really feels like. It feels like it's. Instead of treating it as like a conclusion to a trilogy, it really feels more like they're focusing on franchise first. So it's almost as if they know people are going to come to watch this movie. So what better way to start introducing new characters? It's kind of like the idea of a sequel. More people will go to a sequel because, oh, the first movie, it's got another one out. Mm -hmm. Well, then it must be kind of good. So if you introduce characters in this installment... I was like, oh, well, this person was in the third movie, so it must be good. Let me watch this spinoff. Just, just, a, just a wealth of opportunities to be like, oh, they're making a movie about that person now. Yeah. Just like the Rogue One and Solo stories are. Ugh. Also, if you want the most cynical take on why we need another little fucking droid, so you can sell a toy. Yep. Because it's Disney. Yep. Um, I do want to touch on something now. I want to start broadening out our conversation a little bit. Okay, let's do Which that. is, because I want to talk about... Palpatine's inclusion in this. Okay. It's a cool idea if you're going to take the sequel trilogy and say, the reason why this is connected to the originals isn't just because Han and Luke and Leia are kind of still around, although they all pass throughout the course of the story, but because the, the all, all three trilogies have the same villain. That's cool. I'm super happy that they actually brought something out of the Expanded Universe, which is the race of the Sith, um, which is a big part of certain video games and comics, particularly the the Old Republic stuff, those games and comics. Um, which is a very, well, a very favorite part of the lore for me. Right. They don't do a whole lot with it, but I'm glad it was included. That's, that's where I was looking. Here's the problem, though. 
the first two movies in this trilogy don't note any of this shit is happening. This could have you could have made this the central point of the whole trilogy. Yes. Instead of instead of replaying instead of making up a fake new empire and a fake new rebels, you could have had the new order the new republic established, Luke struggling to get the Jedi off the ground, and the Sith threat comes from distant space, mm -hmm. which is where it originally came from. And so you could kind of replay the old republic era stuff in the new republic because we've never seen that on film before. And you could have done that with this entire trilogy. Instead, I think it's almost like Abrams was like, oh, that's a good idea. We didn't set that up, so I have to cram it all into one movie, which is why the movie's so rushed and forced. Right. Actually, that, this was actually something that I kind of wanted to bring up when I was bringing up the titles uh, of the trajectory the, the story could have gone. It could have focused more on the whole Sith situation going on. This would have been, you know, it's like expanding on the, the universe. Um, which everyone know, already knows. There's there's such a rich lore. Lore, thank you, God. Such a rich lore behind it all. So why not go in that direction? Because if you already look at it, the title, Force, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and you also have the Sith coming out. Mm -hmm. It it just seems like the best trajectory to go, especially when you want to focus on Rey and Kylo Ren, kind of deviating from like the, the already, norms the, the norms yeah of both exactly. sides yeah exactly so for the sith to come out and they should have been the first things that happened what how can i say this they should have been the first conflict to spark this trilogy which would have been the case they should have kind of gotten to the point where they should have they should have separated from their respective orders at the end of the first part of this trilogy and then face the threat Mm -hmm. in the second two or at the end of the second one if you build it through the first one at the end of the second one they they get to the point where they're at the end of this movie and then the third one is them facing together yes the down the sith it's all because it does cool things with that it takes new ideas of the force i mean it it further throws away the idea of any rules to the force they can they have such crazy powers mm -hmm. excluding ones that no, I don't think any of them are things we haven't seen before, but we haven't seen them in movies. We've seen them in books and comics and games. Um, the healing and the life force stuff and more elaborate force lightning for a Jedi as opposed to just for a Sith and things like that. Although she's Palpatine's granddaughter, all that shit. I think that's fine, too. I think that she's Palpatine's granddaughter is fine. You know, we already kind of touched on it. it it's a fucked up, weird way to go back on what was said before. But... I like the idea. You just should have started with that idea, not made it up at the end. At the end, yeah. <laughs> I agree. That's what I mean. Um, don't you find it kind of weird that it's like they skip a generation for Palpatine? Why not his, his, his child? Also, we were just watching <laughs> the... These movies really ignore the prequels. Pretty hardcore. Palpatine is the only connection it has to the prequels, really. Um... We were just watching the Revenge of the Sith, uh, just the beginning part of it, uh, while we were preparing to record, because Ted didn't remember it that well, and I am reminded of the scene where Palpatine tells Anakin the, the tale of Darth Plagueis, who can create life through the Force. Palpatine should have just made her. That's already set oh. up in, in the film canon. Wow. That he, not that he could do it, the, a, but it was capable. But that it was possible. Impossible. Since capable. he became an absurdly powerful Sith right. anyway, you could defeat death, which is what he talked about Darth Plagueis being able to do. It's not a far skip to believe that he could also get the other power of creating life. Because who was Palpatine fucking these years? 
Like, I mean, <laughs> he's not married, which is fine. I'm right. sure he's the emperor. I'm sure he has a harem. I'm sure he gets what he wants. <laughs> does what he does what he do. But you are right. It's weird. I think I honestly think it's just the age thing. I think that's all that they were thinking. Mm-hmm. But it would have been more interesting and also tied in something that was set up kind of the way. It would have been cool to see. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It would be cool to see that this movie, like if, if Abrams wants to have his heart on for I'm completing the entire series, then take something said in the said five movies ago and bring it to life, uh, bring it full circle and pay it off. But I think that Abrams especially, the reason, one of the reasons why he just essentially remade A New Hope with The Force Awakens is because he wants to deny that the prequels even happened, which you just can't do. It's just not... It just seems like such an absurd idea, especially when you're trying to continue right. the story. You may not like them, which they're... F- at least they do new and in- different <clears throat> things, and at least they're kind of fun. Yeah, the dialogue's fucking awful. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but they are three... At the time he would have made The Force Awakens, they were half of all of Star Wars movies, that you can't just ignore them. Part of why I felt like this movie was sort of mind-numbing was because a lot of things that happen don't really matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of talked about the stakes already. When something happens, nothing really happens, right? For example, Chewie dying, but not really Not dying. really. Um, See through Bro's memory being wiped, but not but really. He's got it back. Uh, Palpatine shooting lightning and dropping ships. Not one ship dies. Nope. They all get their systems back up. Yep. Uh, getting stabbed. Oh, this one's healed. Um, oh, yeah. That's like one of the worst powers you can give someone in a movie is to like... At first, it's just healing, which is fine, but it becomes resurrection. Yeah. They, they have the power to resurrect. Like, she literally stops. I mean, I know that Kylo Ren wasn't dead yet, but she essentially brings him back from the brink of death, and then right. he does it for her. Mm-hmm. One other thing was, uh, oh, yeah, the golden ticket medallion. Surrounded by enemy forces? Well, here you go. Um, <laughs> no, but the whole the, the thing with Kylo Ren, it seems like he had his character arc in the sense of, Okay, now I realize I should be doing the right thing. What? Maybe you can explain it to me. The whole point of him sacrificing himself. I think it's just. I think she was fully dead, and I think the only way he could do that kind of healing is if he gave up his whole life force with a kiss. Which honestly, they should have been dead when the emperor regenerated his skin. And shit, yeah, because he that, absorbed. Their life force oh, and became yeah. significantly younger and more alive. You no uh-huh. longer need the apparatus to live. Right. So if they had both died, I would have been okay with that. I mean, I know it would have been a little bit. That would have been. That would have been intense. <laughs> but I'm not saying that they died right then and there. Like they were still able to complete the story. I think that would have been a little more bittersweet and therefore a little bit of a stronger. Sacrificing both of them. Yeah. I mean, I I would meet you halfway with. I don't think that it should have been a double resurrection. It should have been. <clears throat> Since then, we're going to talk about the name of the movie. Since it's called The Rise of Skywalker, it should have been she gives herself, she does die when she kills the Emperor the way she does mm-hmm. in the movie anyway. Right. But instead of Kylo Ren bringing her back and him dying, it should just be there. She dies. That's what turns him in. He's a solo, but he has Skywalker blood. Right. So for the purposes of this, an actual Skywalker turns to the light and is now... Moving forward, whatever, you know, he, yeah. he helps the resistance or he restarts the Jedi or he restarts his new thing, his other thing. He calls them the Skywalkers, whatever. Um, but now... But instead, she just fucking stupidly 
takes their name. Yeah. I am. Now she's living a lie. I'm Ray Skywalker, even though I'm not. I. Oh yeah. See what what? <laughs> I feel like Abrams deliberately he, did this. He, he to couldn't piss people off. <laughs> it's like. I wonder if he was like, yeah, I'm going to totally retcon The Last Jedi. And Disney was like, you can't totally do it. Like, it has to have some continuity. And he's like, fine. Then she'll just adopt the name then. Right. Like a child. This is what I mean. It's like, I didn't like what you did in the last movie, so I still want it my way. So I'm Because now gonna... there's no doubt. I have no doubt in my head that Abrams did intend her to be either Luke's daughter or the way the books originally did it was the Solos had a had twins yeah originally um, right right and it could have been a separated twin i think that's where abrams was going and but i'm glad that johnson said fuck that because every single story in star wars doesn't have to be the same but then yeah he just like you said like a child is just like fine she'll just call herself Scott. <laughs> <laughs> which means nothing means nothing to no one because also the what these what this new trilogy does is make all of the stuff that happened no more than 30 years ago seem like some distant, fuzzy myth to everybody, even right. though 30 years ago... I mean, Luke okay... Skywalker exists? I mean, right. Like, I... I'm 32, so no, I don't remember the actual events of 30 years ago, but I know who the president was. I know... The what, key players. I know the key a... players of wars way beyond my life <laughs> it's like the idea that oh i thought he was just a legend is, is fucking st- it also as if he never existed so, yeah. so jump forward 30 years when ray is like i'm ray skywalker people will be like i don't know what that Who? means yeah <laughs> because leia doesn't even go by skywalker right she goes by organa she does so who yeah. the fuck is skywalker <laughs> I'm not that big of a, uh, a Star Wars fan But this, I know, is ridiculous Why? I think It's a shame It's a shame that this is permanently The end cap to Quote unquote the Skywalker saga And this comes from someone who doesn't really I don't think Either of the first two movies in this trilogy are bad. I enjoy them both. I think The Force Awakens is derivative, and I think The Last Jedi is a little bit held back. But I enjoy them both. They're both good movies. This is just a bad movie, and it sits forever as the end. And it becomes a cartoon in its final like hour. It's just... Not even. Cartoons are still more entertaining. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Because at a certain point, it's also Abrams just going, or, you know, I know this one wasn't written by Abrams. I know that The Force Awakens was at least half written by him. This was actually written by the same person who wrote Argo, which is baffling because that's wow. a well-written movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's like people, it's like kids playing with their action figures. And like, yeah. What if, what if you could shoot lightning at all of the ships at once? Or what if she could just bring people back to life? Or what if... <laughs> see it's funny i was in my notes i have <laughs> i have this thing with you know with stories it's like uh a but b right yeah. so like this person wants this but this happens or a because of this right but this one feels like an improv thing yes but or not <laughs> yes and right right she's she's a jedi master oh yes and she can shoot lightning oh and 
She can, it's like she, she can, can move a ship, yeah, but she can't jump her way out of a quicksand right. pit. She can stop a ship from miles away, yeah. but once they fall into quicksand, they're done for. They're done. There's oh. no hope. She was literally flying the first shot of the movie that we see her in. She was literally flying. But quicksand, though, oh, that's too much. She just can't. can't what is it. a Jedi to do? <laughs> Uh, I think we should wrap up soon, but I want to touch on some. I want to keep touching on some of the ridiculous stuff. Okay. Uh, that 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 little dagger that acts as like a map. To what in the, the thing, world? It fits into like it. It fits into the from hilt. from a distance. It fits into like the 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 horizon view of the Death Star. Right. After the Death Star has been destroyed, the the crevices that fit into the knife are wreckage. Did someone make that knife? I'm I'm assuming that Sith object was in the vault while it was flying, and so therefore the map to it would have been right. made then too. But we're to believe the map was made to fit the wreckage, see, not the actual Death Star. I, I think you need to ask another question preceding this. You're asking the how, right? I'm asking the why. Why did this guy, who's a Jedi hunter, have such poor memory that he needed to make a little map out of his dagger <laughs> to be like, well, where did I put this wayfinder? Also, Kylo Ren shows up in that scene. Too soon. How? How? He had a. Oh wait. We uh, never see any of him getting there. That's that's a She's, very good point. She goes into the throne room and then into the vault, and he's just on the other side of the door now. Adding more to that, children playing with action figures. Uh, it's literally, I they had, they had it's, Scotty beam him down. Yeah, is what it's, happened. it's like it's not. Oh, the plot is f- unfolding this way. It's literally, I need him to be here, so he's here. That's it. I, I don't need to explain myself. And it's like, no, you don't. But it makes me not give a shit about the plot anymore because you're just making it up as you go along. I thought it was real dumb when he talks to Han Solo. It's another point where I unintentionally laughed because I just pictured him killing him again. I did too. <laughs> because it's just so. F- forced not only that he repeats the same lines too so it's like yeah. how could it how could that not elicit that the, that scene where he does pierce right. him with the saber it's really unfortunate um this this little thing i'm going to bring up because obviously they had no other way to include princess leia they reuse footage you could tell did you notice in the beginning that yeah, yeah. there's for one it's obviously the that, that's obvious that that location isn't where the footage is shot sometimes. They do an okay, they do an okay job. It doesn't look bad. But also it it restricts Leia's character to a lot of just standing vague yes, no, trust. She just kind of spouts very short sentences that that don't that make it f- you know what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know that that's why she's that way and it stands out. And it sucks. I get it. It would be weird if the movie didn't have her at all or if they just waved her off off screen. It's a tough position to be in, but it was it was obvious that her dialogue wasn't for this movie. Right. This is one of this is probably one of the reasons why I couldn't really get into Star Wars too much is that there's a lot of inconsistencies and a lot of retconning. It's just like all these little changes that or the uh the force and its inconsistencies. I feel like the video games do a better job because they establish rules. Yes. Whereas this, it's like some sort of oh, I forget the name of this this sort of deal. They really did turn. It's a soft magic system, is what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I was gonna say. They really did turn them into just wizards. Um, 
at the end of this. Normally, at least in the original trilogy, the, the Jedi's powers are pretty limited. It's not ever espoused to you exactly what they can and can't do. And then the prequels, even the prequels don't go too far beyond that. It really is just kind of force lightning, telekinesis essentially, you know, keen like Spidey Sense style reflexes and very minor mind control. You know, they do big jumping and stuff. I feel like this movie started, which again, in expanded universe, healing and all that stuff is part of it. Although part of that is because you're talking about video games really are replacing them as wizards. Like, so you you have you have character classes in video games that there's the healing yeah. Jedi, there's the damage dealing Jedi, you know, stuff like that. Um, it's not wrong. It's just... Again, it's more the inconsistency of it, kind of like you were saying, where what yeah. can they do and what can't they do? Because sometimes they seem to be able to get themselves out of any mess. Right. Their force powers are just infinite. And then sometimes they're in a pretty, they're in a position where you're like, the force could definitely solve this. Yeah. And they don't. And they don't. Yeah. And this is also kind of one of my bigger pet peeves with the whole force um, is that what, what are they teaching? There are texts. That uh, it was mentioned in the the Last Jedi that mm-hmm. Luke didn't want burned down, and then he did want burned. But then, if Leia's so able to teach Rey how to be a Jedi, which is just running a bunch of drills, I don't know. If you think about like monks, there's or at least you know with like the Shaolin it's... monks, there's the physical aspect, but there's also the spiritual aspect, a philosophical part to it. Component. I mean, the pre the prequels touch on all that stuff, and that like they talk a lot about how right right the Jedi it is about a stoicism and a lack of, not a lack of passion, but a lack of removing knee-jerk reactions right, and right. reactionaryism. Mm-hmm. And to be, and I think, the, I think the idea of the drills isn't necessarily combat so much because there's a reason why the Jedi are always are usually like blindfolded or wearing blacked-out right, right, masks right. Mm-hmm. is because it's blocking off your other senses so that yeah. all you're doing is focusing on what you feel in the Force. And it's just by, I think by doing physical things, it helps... Just put hone in that, like yeah. hone hone your ability to listen to the force. It's, I don't think anybody needs to be taught how to like quote unquote force push. They just need to be taught how to access the force. And more accurately, okay, so I understand that. But then there's got to be like it's like handing someone a gun and teaching them how to use a gun. But then it's like, well, you don't want to shoot people you like. Or do you know what I'm saying? It's like, or when should it only be used? Right? Yeah. It's not something that you use at your birthday party. Just be like, oh right. yeah, celebration. Well, that's that's again right. that's that's where you get with the prequels where that's that's where they espouse more the difference between the Sith and the Jedi, right. which is the the Jedi. That's why they they they're forbidden from you know sex and romance and love of any kind. So they're monks, right? Yeah, because that's the idea. They whereas the Sith are like, no, we have this power. We should be able to use it for whatever we want. We we're gods. We're better than other people because we can make we can shape the world how we want to be with this power and the Jedi are like no we have this power and with great power comes great responsibility so we must step back <laughs> right. and you know be more thoughtful of it but this is something that this trilogy no of, one ta- no one no really, one actually talks yeah. about it right it's just used as a sort of ability as opposed to a way of life which johnson was kind of trying to get into Right. With the idea like we don't have to subscribe to these past ideas, um, things can change. Right. Whereas he, again, is more on the radical side and she could kind of hell. She could have been the new founder of the new Jedi system. Right. I don't know. That might be 
pushing it. But even then, I would be more on board with that. It could be sort of me nitpicking, but it's the inconsistency. No, I got you. So also, she could have just killed the emperor when he said to kill her. Yeah. And said she waits and kills him later after he's killed a bunch of people. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> she could have done it right then and just been like, no, I don't want none of this. I don't want none of this Sith stuff. It's not like anything really changes. Yeah. It's not like, I mean, I know that they, all of the Jedi live within her, but it's not like they entered her at that moment. Do would they enter her? I don't know. Like we have no, we have no, we have no idea what that, that, what, 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 does what that any entail? of that means. Yeah, yeah. What any of that actually means. Um, it's just, it's mumbo jumbo. It's, it's how epic can I be for the finale without justifying or explaining any of it. But, but the finale was really weak in my... It felt like a Dragon Ball Z kind of... Well, yep. I mean, Dragon Ball Z was even better than that. The whole idea of, like... Again, as you had just aptly described, it's like a bunch of kids playing with action figures. I shoot lightning at you. Oh, yeah? Well, I get my lightsaber and I deflect the lightning. Oh, wait, but I have two. <laughs> and, you know, it's like nothing happens. No fight, no conflict, and even the, right? Which I know this started a little bit, just going on the force power real quick. Because we were trying, I was trying to come up with the, how the force becomes almost too extravagant in these movies. The ability, I'm kind of on board with Kylo Ren and Rey being able to communicate over long distances. Yes, I think that's kind of cool. I'm okay with that. It's I, established really, it's used really well in The Last Jedi. It's even used pretty well here for the most part. Right. The fact that they can exchange physical objects becomes weird to explain with the force to me. Yeah. Because I can understand you can sense people's emotions and feelings, and therefore communication should be possible. I mean, you can move things in the physical world, but to teleport them, essentially, physics doesn't. Right? It's, it's well, a step too no. far, and I think that's I, that happens for the first time. I think in the Last Jedi too, though. I, if it's small, it's not. She literally hands him a lightsaber from who knows how far away one, yeah. in this one. But the other one is that she can like what is it? She can touch. It wasn't water. They touched something, like they could get a feel for it, but they didn't actually have it physically, mm-hmm. tangibly in their physical. Yeah. Yeah area see this is the kind of thing i think this is why it was very hard for me to kind of fully immerse myself into the star wars lore is because a lot of it seemed inconsistent granted i never read the books um i well i read one or two when i was a kid but i don't remember any of that i can actually tell you that what star wars i don't think a lot of star wars fans would be willing to admit it but what star wars is is george lucas came up with a bunch of nonsense and then a lot of more talented writers in books and comics and movie and games filled in all the gaps he left to make that make sense. Right. Um, there are whole books. Yeah, that's why there are that. whole books on a character you see for half a second in, in a movie. Because then they use those stories to explain, no, this is how the, like, even how the, like, I have a whole knowledge about how the Jedi work and, like, what their training is like. Not based on the movies, but based on other people writing and right. saying, no, if this is a religion, then it must have rules and See, teachings. that's my point. <laughs> it's just the, it's so they exist. So I think a lot of Star Wars fans come to the movies with that prior knowledge, which as someone who, who also studied film and loves film, I will fully admit is wrong. The movie should give you what you need. You should exactly. need to get it from mm-hmm. elsewhere. But it's hard for me to separate because... I just know it already. Uh, uh, depending on how long this will be, it's more of the character arc kind of situation. Um, I don't feel like there was really much of anything. Because, okay, so usually in a movie, um, with the central character, there are about three different conflicts, right? There's the external world, there's relationships, and then there's also the philosophical mm-hmm. type of thing, right? 
with Ray, yes, it kind of was achieved, but then the secondary characters, which we did kind of put a lot of time in, I feel like should have had that, if not entirely, but something close to the amount of attention. How did you feel in terms of the character arcs? Badly. Right? To give some... I'll let you talk about Rise of Skywalker. I'm going to prove that they did exist in prior movies I'm for not, these characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, we can so we can roll. Oh, into I agree. It, I agree. Which is I meant for this one though. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, Rise of the Skywalker doesn't do a lot with Rey. She is more. She is more secondary than to Finn in that movie, though. Really, Finn has a character arc in that movie. Um, Rise of Skywalker. No, I'm talking about. I'm talking about previous. I'm talking about. Force oh, okay. Awakens. Yeah, yes, yes. If yes. I said yeah, Force Awakens. Yeah. Sorry, if I said Rise of Skywalker, I meant Force Awakens. Finn goes from being kind of just coward. wanting to get away, a coward, mm-hmm. um, to realizing that he can't... The galaxy needs him to do something. Right. And so even if he doesn't want to, even if it doesn't really impact him personally directly, or even if it puts him at risk, he, he has to. Mm-hmm. Um, Last Jedi, Poe goes from being impulsive and just wanting to fight to being thoughtful and understanding that he has a responsibility to protect people Mm -hmm. and to take the long view of things. Rey goes from being, being a Jedi should be simple. You should be able to just show me and teach me um, to seeing that it does, has all these weird, complicated implications and that it's a power that can so easily go wrong and be abused. Um, Finn in that movie, though he had an arc in the other movie, still has another arc where, because he, the... The Force Awakens took him from being a coward not wanting to participate to being gung-ho participating, which is where he starts in The Last Jedi. And so The Last Jedi tries to reel him back, which is where he discovers, hey, the Resistance isn't all sunshine and rainbows. Like, they do bad shit too with the whole uh, arms dealers and stuff like that. Well, not that they do bad shit too, but rather other people in the galaxy profit off of the resistance and the new order and so he realizes hey it's not all cut and dry so he jumps in and then the second movie pulls him to a more realistic middle ground uh so these characters can grow and even the even though they're the same characters they can continue to grow in new ways whereas in rise of the skywalker i don't know of any actual growth that ray goes through honestly she's steadfast from the beginning and she may I don't even believe her doubts. What are her doubts? She seems to be like, I guess she's afraid of turning evil, but... But why? This trilogy never for a second makes it believable that she'd be turning evil. Show me the temptation she would have, because I don't yes. see it. See, that, that, that goes with the relationship part. So if we, t- if we take a look at Rey and the three uh, aspects of the character arc, um, her relationship with Finn, for someone who... Is very who wholeheartedly believes in her to know her that she is not evil, mm-hmm. right? And for Ray to be tempted to the dark side and starts doing things a little more violently, a little more impatient, and then you have that conflict, right? And so, uh, and the other thing would be the external world, obviously, that she would start kind of being more rash and uh, was it more destructive? So I guess that's what they were getting with with when she kills when she kills but doesn't kill uh chewy i guess that's what they were leaning towards but, but it didn't it's carry. so undone so quickly yes that and Again, also no she stakes. doesn't really do other violent things okay she stabs kylo ren but to be fair he was trying to murder her too yes it's really just self-defense at that point whereas it would have been nice to see more push and pull where she actually gets shitty with her her fellow the the, the core yeah the like core. where she starts yes. 
saying they're not going far enough. Yeah. They're not trying hard enough. And she gets a little more aggressive, kind Impatient. of like Anakin's yes. episode two and three struggle. Yeah, exactly. Um, even though that is very badly portrayed, it goes on the right track, which shows him be more and more agitated with even his allies. But the movie doesn't do that. And then Finn doesn't do anything. Finn doesn't really have anything in this one. See, they kind of... And this is where I would kind of touch upon Poe and Finn. Well, I, I'll, first, in regards to Ray, they do kind of... They check all the boxes, but it's a cheap product, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Right? They do show her struggle. They do show her worries. And they do show her overcoming it. However almost to know you're never on that no journey impact. you're yeah, never on that journey, no journey with her you yeah. don't actually feel like it's it's mostly so cliche yes that you don't feel like oh yeah i might turn in this situation too which is what you need to you need uh, art is all about empathy the reason why we end up being sad at sad movies or or excited at exciting movies is because we empathize with the characters and we put ourselves in their shoes and then we feel that push and pull and you don't feel that with that her. was not achieved in it's, this movie you said it's just checking the boxes just like yeah. yes this happens and this happens and that it makes logical sense but i don't feel it i don't in feel any way. it no um and then touching upon finn and poe poe seems like in terms of his character development it regressed instead of instead of doing what they did with finn in one and two of this trilogy where finn goes in one direction then needs to be pulled back because he goes too far this movie literally ignores that Poe already became a good general in the last movie. Right. Like, we could even say... And then just makes him one, do it again. In this one, we could have made him more doubtful about doing... Because the stakes are so high, and he has been... I mean, if we take from the last one where he should not be so impulsive, now he's he's too calculated. Pit, pit him against Ray. Yeah. Ray is trying to be... Ray's struggle with the dark side, it makes her more and more impulsive and more needs more and more action, risky action. Yeah. And have that moment where Poe pulls her aside and is like, You can't. I saw how many died when when I made actions like this. We you know, and then they have that they butt heads tiff. because of that. Yeah. And this is a total lost opportunity, a good conflict. Yeah, see, exactly. That's that's my point. It's like all these characters are supposed to feed off of each other, but they kind of don't. And then Finn who is an ex-Empire, or First Order, whatever the hell. And then he meets another group. Now, nothing in the first hour said anything about him feeling alone or if he was the only one right. to finally stumble upon mm-hmm. this group who were in the exact same shoes as him. So there was no connection, even though we, again, checking the boxes, it seems like there's a connection there, but it's, I didn't feel that. It's like they're best friends now, or they have some super, like, literally when he stays on the this destroyer, when everyone else is uh, pulling back because they passed their mission, and that woman whose name is kind of irrelevant because she wasn't an important character, because she came out of nowhere, perfectly fine actress, performance is good, nothing wrong with what she says, it's just... Why does she exist? And she's like, I go where you go, or I stay if you stay. And it's like, why? You don't know. You guys don't know each other. You guys don't. What? Because you happened to be stormtroopers a long time ago, not even in the same place. You didn't know each other. Not enough to want to like stick your neck out and, and also, say. Like, why? Finn fucking gets around. In the first one, it seems like Finn and Ray are gonna fuck. In the second one, it seems like Rose. Finn and Rose are gonna fuck. And now he's got a new fuck buddy. Yeah. And it's like, Finn, put it back in your pants. Yeah, put it back in your pants, man. <laughs> Like, also, I'm pretty sure it actually fucks none of them. <laughs> so, which kind of quickly touch upon that. that but again, kiss. Sorry, sorry. No, go. For no, it. We'll, yeah, talk, yeah. we'll talk about important. that later. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just that as we talked about, there's so many new characters. It's like you didn't get rid of Rose. 
just make Rose that other character. And then you have a character we already know, we've already learned about, so you can deepen their relationship instead of making a new character and pushing the other one aside. The whole point of a, a sequel, <laughs> a trilogy, is so you can deepen the story, right? It's a continuation of something that's already been established. But now trying to introduce new characters. So this is what I'm saying. It, it, it seems more like a franchise. Episode, yeah. In the last episode, you're going to introduce a slew of new characters to make sure nothing goes beyond service level. You don't have enough time to go, to go any deeper than service you level. You can't. Yeah, exactly. Again, checking the boxes. Service lo- surface level. Exactly. It's like, oh, yep, A, B, and C, done. But we don't feel it, right? The but whole the, point, ugh. the kiss between uh, Ray and Ren, Kylo. Why? 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 I mean, I get it. I. It's not unbelievable to me. They have this weird connection. She obviously sympathized. She obviously felt bad for him. Right. It's not. It's not unrealistic that she would want to kiss him. I don't think. And especially on his side, maybe even more believable because she's the only. You could argue she's probably the only friend he's had since he turned to the dark side, right. like real friend. Even though they've combated, she's the only one who's tried to listen to him and make him a better person. But it's so ridiculously cliche. It is cliche, and that's my only problem with it. Like I could kind of see it between the two, but again, that wasn't conveyed well to us, the audience. Especially because it didn't seem like it should happen, because I feel it. whatever... F- Finn wanted to tell her, I assume, was that he had feelings for her, despite the fact that he's going to fuck his way across the galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) Because, but, so, I kind of thought the movie was going to be like, okay, at the end, he's going to be like, yes, and then she's going to be like, yeah, I feel that way too, because... Really, the only the last time we had any inkling of that being true is the is the first movie of this trilogy. Yes, but still, at least it was there. But then we don't resolve Finn's thing, and then she just kisses Kylo Ren. So it's like, see, at this point, what the what we had just discussed earlier about like Finn kind of being his or her tether to her original sense of self, right? That she is a good person, and that even though she is being drawn to the dark side. Finn knows who she is. Maybe that could have been developed. It could have been quickly established in the beginning where it's like they're kind of, I don't know. You know, that little like, oh, you set the Millennium Falcon on fire and that little, that talk. Mm -hmm. You could have established that they were on a more personal level. Yeah, you could have. You could have, (laughs) right? And from there, he would always be kind of like reminding her that she is a good person. Right. Yeah. That she has no. It's just that. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Before she gets tempted to the like, dark side. Like what a better filmmaker did to establish why Ray and Kylo Ren believably have a connection. Ryan Johnson spent all of the Last Jedi making sure we understood that even though they feared each other and disliked what each other were doing, Ray and Kylo Ren also have a great deal of sympathy and connection with each other because they're also kind of going through the same thing and we we weren't told that we weren't told oh you used to run spice yeah no (laughs) we spend two hours and 20 minutes slowly developing this animosity that turns into empathy between these two characters and again we touched on it already this movie never slows down enough to do anything with the characters but the movie still felt slow it felt yeah. slow because nothing mattered. Nothing happened. Lots nothing happened. mattered, yeah. Lots of events happen. None of it was important. Right. <laughs> Except nothing for the with impact. very end, but then by then it didn't have impact. Yeah. 
So yeah, that was... Let's get the fuck out of here. Okay. You good? I'm good. Well, I think. Unfortunately, that's Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> we will be off for a week to enjoy the holidays. We hope all of you enjoy your holidays as well. Um, we'll be back in January. We'll keep going with movie podcasts. And we will keep going with the D&D podcast. You can find us at characterarc.net. You can like, subscribe, follow us at characterarc on Instagram, at characterarc on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast or share it with your friends on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Richard Bertelson. And I'm Ted Hong. That's a lot of podcasting. Ted? Yes. And I... Force be with you. (laughs) 